1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. We're back after a two-week break on the PGA Tour, which, to be honest, it feels like a lot longer than two weeks since the Tour Championship, where Victor Hovland was victorious. He lifted the FedEx Cup, he won the $18 million, and we had both picked him as our outright favourite, so it was definitely a a Sunday afternoon of celebration for the Tour Report.
0: Yeah, Hovland uh, was just too much in the end. You know, Diane, we, there, were, there was a lot of talk, you know, about John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Rory McElroy. They all sort of fell away at the end. Uh, they didn't have the stamina, it seemed, with their games. Uh, they certainly have it physically, but their stamina in their mm-hmm. in their game was not there in the playoffs at all, particularly Rahm. I think he finished 18th on the FedEx Cup in the end. Um He'll probably win player of the year. Rory McIlroy probably finished up being the most consistent player sort of tee green all season again, but it was all Hovland, uh, won the last two events mm-hmm. we talked about on this very show that, you know, Hovland, I spoke of him working with uh, Joe Mayo, who gave him some important information, which kind of gave him a lot more competence in his short game. And that's, was a huge factor for for Hovland. He's very, you know, he feels good now around the greens. I think he said a crazy comment was last year in his chipping game, he was happy if he just got it on the green and it stayed on. That's where he was. And now here we are uh, a year later. He's a FedEx Cup champion and, and he's improved his chipping around the greens immensely. And it's just it just goes to show you fix one part of your game. If you're a top player, it can just change everything.
1: Yeah, you really said it after the, well, really after the Open Championship last year. Um, And then when he really kind of upped his game, it seemed like he had elevated his game when it came to the majors and and came to performing on these big stages where we've maybe seen him fall by the wayside a little bit in the past. You could tell that this year something big was bubbling under the surface for Victor Hovland and, and winning the FedEx Cup was just a perfect end to the season for
0: him yeah and we'll never know you know at the PGA championship of course this year at Oak Hill when he left that bunker shot in the bunker on the 16th hole that uh and made a, you know a costly mistake there and Brooks Kepka went on to win comfortably but we'll never yeah. know you know it's it's all changed for Hovland now that he can play around the greens much better I mean there's a, there's we have a term on the tour that it you know, if you do not, if you're not, if your short game is not very good, then it sort of eats into the other part of your game. You have to be mm-hmm. careful. Your second shots where you hit the ball so you don't leave yourself in crazy spots. It has, it has a multiplication factor. So once you do get your confidence or your competence, I don't like to just say confidence because yeah. your competency went up in your chipping game. It's, it's multiplied the rest of his game. It's settled it down. He can be more aggressive. He, he's just, He's the man to beat right now, and he's going to be a force when it comes in a few weeks at the Ryder Cup. By the way, yeah. your team, we're going to talk about it, but your team got a lot stronger at the end. was well. the end
1: of- <laughs> So we have two weeks to go until the Ryder Cup. Um, this week is the Fortinet Championship, which we're going to do our full preview for and give you our picks, and we'll really break down the FedEx fall, which is going to be this new part of the season. Um a week off next week and then it's the Ryder Cup over in Italy on European soil. Now, let's look at the teams actually because they, they've they both been confirmed and we have the 12 players for each side. And Elk, after whistling straights two years ago, you and I had the conversation where, you know, it looked like it was going to be a very dominant US team for years and years to come. You know, you can see it there. There's a lot of young, fresh talent And when I saw the European team all written out with the captain's picks finalised, I thought, I feel confident. I have this renewed sense of confidence when it comes to our team going up against this extremely strong US team.
0: Yeah, and, you know, the picks were all sort of controversial or or not. It doesn't matter now. It's, It's over with. But, you know... On the American side, it looked to me like he had—he already had his mind made up of who, who he was picking. You look down that list right there; it's so strong, top to bottom, you know. And then you look at this other one here the, on the European side. We're—we're we're pretty strong here, Diane. Hovland, of course. McIntyre is a nice addition for the Scots. Hatton, of course, should be in there. Fitzpatrick, Ludwig, Aberg—he—he he made a burst of energy uh, at the end. Won in Switzerland. Got himself on the team. Tommy Fleetwood. Lowry's there I mean the the team is solid enough Diane mm-hmm. Justin knows has experience no it's going to be great can't wait
1: yeah um I would agree that the US team is the stronger team on paper because you look at the the major champions that we've seen this year. You know, Wyndham Clark is in there, Brian Harmon, Brooks Kepka. Um, yes, we have John Rahm over on the Euro side, and Victor Hovland, who is, as you said, arguably the the player to beat right now. But yeah, I think that there's there's a lot of strength on the team. Um, Justin Rose, Sepp Straka, who is probably an underrated pick on the team, um, you know, we've seen what Sepp Straka has been achieving on the PGA Tour and it's, you know, I- I'm going to be excited to see what he can do. Nikolai Hoigard as well. We have um, him and his twin brother and Nikolai was the one that got the call up. Tommy Fleetwood's obviously been in great form as well. So I'm excited by it. I- I'm going to go back. I-, I heard you say we when you were making reference to the European side. Does that mean I can count on your support? <laughs>
0: I have a tendency to stay neutral, and I, I've always said that I pull for different matches. You know, I I'll like I'll, I'll like two guys playing from this side or this side. So it's easy for me to uh, be an Australian to, to 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 stay neutral. I'm interested in seeing what this course is all about. I'm Yay. interested in who's showing up in Italy to see uh, how big a, an event this is. I've, I've I've been looking online at the stands on the hole number one. Of course, you've been to the Ryder Cup. I haven't. Uh, it's going to be massive. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on, on picks like Justin Thomas, who, you know, didn't deserve to be on the team, but you know, they, they spoke so strongly about that. He, they want him on the team because he's an important integral part inside the locker room and and around Mm -hmm. the players. And look, that's very important. You know, whether you like the picks or not, the captains, the way the format is, it's up to them. Um, they're the ones who got to put the team together. Mm-hmm.
1: I did say that I would pick Justin Thomas weeks ago. After the Wyndham, I was pretty he sure did. that he'd done enough um, after the Wyndham to get the pick. And it was probably Keegan Bradley and Lucas Glover, who were the two names in the conversation as well, who didn't get picked. And I think Keegan more so... Um, was gutted and he openly said afterwards that he had made a real effort on the tour over the past couple of months to, you know, Be friendlier with the guys and try and form these bonds. And he just probably fell one person short um, with Justin Thomas getting that pick. But JT is playing this week at the Fortinet Championship in Napa. And you can see there his FedEx Cup number right now is 71. We'll go in and we'll explain it all. But JT missing out on the playoffs by one spot. And we know that he's going to have to really give it his all starting this week.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of pressure on JT this week. I think I've been I've seen him on Instagram working on his game, working on his mm-hmm. putting. I think he
1: yeah. said he's
0: not, doesn't have a putting coach anymore. Um, like I said, there'll be a lot of pressure on him going to Rome. I don't know if he'll play every match, but you know the reason he was picked is is because he suits well with you know Ricky Fowler, suits well with Jordan Spieth, Scotty mm-hmm. Scheffler. They're all friends. They're all very comfortable. And part of being in match play is being comfortable who you're playing with. So mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll play every match, but I'm I'm sure for JT, you know, it seems it seems sort of odd that we pick on JT because he he didn't have a good season. The other reason we're picking on him is because he got thrown into the Ryder Cup. Uh, I think that was already pre-done. I think, Zach <laughs> in his mind, he's he's going no matter what. Uh, we 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 correctly said uh, Cameron Young, who was the worst putter in the playoffs, was left out. Um, Keegan Bradley, as you already noted, missed out by one player, but. You know zach Johnson has to has to decide whether Keegan Bradley's a good fit for the week
1: yeah. that's yeah. all
0: very important. I remember when uh Keegan Bradley played so well with Phil Mickelson, but they finished up not winning not winning in Chicago anyway, but they were mm-hmm. they their partnership so didn't really have anyone to handle Keegan not that he needs handling, but it, it, maybe Zach didn't feel like there was a, a good combination in there so it is yeah. what it is and uh, yeah. they're they're off to Rome. <sighs>
1: Yes. Well, the U.S. team have just got back. They went there for a little scouting expedition. And I'm sure we'll touch on that a little bit later when it comes to our picks. Right. So, Let's talk about this FedEx fall because usually when we are talking about the Fortnite championship at Silverado in Napa, we're starting a brand new season and we're talking about this fall swing where a lot of guys would really use this time with slightly weaker fields to get their foot in the door, get some valuable points on the board before Hawaii rolls around in January. But... Now we're back to a calendar year season and we've got seven events left where guys are going to have to get very valuable FedEx Cup points. Now, the points roll over from the season that we've already had and the top 50, they're safe, right? They have got, obviously, their season locked up for next year and they're into all of these signature events, which are like the elevated big money events. So now we're looking at the guys in, you know, what 51st to 70th who pretty much have their card locked up as well. The 125 are going to get their full playing privileges for 2024, but now they're trying to get their places in these signature events. And the opportunity now is to get into the first two after the Century Tournament of Champions. But We have a lot of guys that are just trying to use these seven events to make sure that they fall within the 125 at the end and they lock up their full tour card for next season. So there's a lot going on over the next seven tournaments and we are going to be really carefully tracking, you know, who's landing where and and what's on the line.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people were talking about that maybe the top 50 guys shouldn't even be in Napa this week. But... That's not the way tour players think. This is your job. You're allowed to play in whatever event you want, and and they're there to make money. They're there to win tournaments. They're building a career. They're not thinking about the guy that's going to miss out. Um, They don't care about the guy missing out because every year there's a guy that's going to miss out. There's 200 tour players. There's room for 125 left uh, for next year. I've said this for years, Diane. I've told you there's a a thing called the – the penguin rule, which is a, out in the ocean, there's, a, there's an island. There's room for 125 penguins to sit, stand on that rock island. And there's hundreds and hundreds swimming around. They want to get up on that island. So you better move into the middle of that island, Diane, so you don't get knocked off. And there's a couple of rocks up top where guys are super safe. But, no, people, you know, when we're talking about Napa, we're talking about Max Honma, who's won the last two events. He, of course, is in the Ryder Cup, and he's trying to 3 peak this week. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the name of the game this week, Diane, at Napa is this is a kind of a, it's California, obviously, but this is a hard little course. You've got to hit the ball really well off the tee. It's it's firm and it's dry. I was in California this weekend. Poana Greens in the summer out there. They're so hard to putt because they're spongy and they're inconsistent. The Californian guys have such an advantage. I've got some California picks this week uh, uh-huh. on my board just because of the Poana Green. You know, whenever you see Max Honma putting, you always notice that he hits the putts probably about 10% firmer than you see the average guy. And I think it's because he grew up on Poe, and you mm-hmm. you hold that line. I wasn't very good at it. I did it a couple of times where I, on the West Coast where I would, I would risk it all and try to hit those shorter putts a little firmer. But you've got to play good golf at this course. And mm-hmm. I've studied the winners for the last three years and first, second, and third. And basically, you've got to pretty much across the board do everything well. You, it's not sort of a putting contest. You've got to drive it good, keep it out of the trees. Once once it does miss the fairway, here it bounds away and goes anywhere because it's firm, because mm. it's dry in California. So irrigation's not everywhere. Uh, then the greens are perched up and they're bumpy and they're hilly and they're you know it's hard to putt. So you got to play good and Honma. When you think about his game, he's pretty much the perfect guy to win this tournament. We're going to pick others this week. I don't have him on my card. Do you?
1: I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, <laughs> you, I didn't... You obviously Maybe. figured out these greens because you won yeah. your PGA Championship in LA. So yeah. something was good, right? I want to go back to what you said about the, the penguin factor. Because as we said, the guys that finished after the Tour Championship within the top fifty in the FedEx Cup standings, they're they're set for next season, and they're, they're on all a-
0: yeah. up on Penguin Island. Yeah,
1: yeah. But we are going to see a scattering of them, I guess, teeing it up in these events. So this week, you mentioned Max Homa. Of course, he's going to play. He's won the last two Fortinet Championships. He's sponsored by Fortinet, so. He made that trip back from Italy, and he's going to be playing this week, of course. Um, we've got the likes of Sahith Gala, who's 31st in the standings. Andrew Putnam, who's 35th. Eric Cole, 43rd. There's a few more as well. So, you know, why are these guys here? You know, you just said they can play whenever they want. It's their job. Some of them, the ones that didn't make it into the the playoffs, which is not... Many of those guys that are that we're talking about, they at least played in a couple of the playoff events. They've had a long break at home. And maybe the ones that have been playing well, Eric Cole is a good example. He's had a really solid rookie season out there and hasn't got a win. They know that they're going to be playing against slightly weaker fields than they have been. So for them is the win, the motivation to go out there and add that extra piece to their resume for 2023.
0: Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to go to Napa for starters, Diane? I mean, that, it's the wine place of the United States. I mean, that on its own tells you, <laughs> you forget about everything you said about keeping your card, blah, blah, blah. Go Diane, out the wine. wine country, that's one. Uh, it's a great spot. It's a nice yeah. time of year out there. I was just there. Wow. Temperature 65. I mean, it's 110 down here. Uh, famous place, wow. Silver, uh, Silverado, of course. Uh, no, I, I just you know, I'm not buying into anything you're saying about uh, what the <laughs> mental side of all these tour players are thinking. Because tour players are the most, the toughest, and the weakest thinkers there are. Tough meaning every time something goes bad, we make we make an make an excuse for it. Where it's going good, and and we're also worrying every second of the of the time uh, of whether or not we're going to have a job next year. So. That's you know as you've already noted. There's guys that are in there. There's, there's guys that are not. And we're, it's our job to shake all that out. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you've got to play good golf this week at, at Silverado. This will be of the courses left to play. This one will be probably produce probably produce the best sort of all-round talented week to do well. Was you'll have to hit the ball well, irons well, chip and putt well to win at this course. This, this is gonna require quite a bit of skill. No, I take that back. This this week will take a lot of skill to be in the top 10.
1: Okay. Wow, okay. And you spoke about how Californians typically play better on these Californian courses. Max Homa being a great example out here. Cameron Champ won this tournament in 2019. Brendan Steele won in 17 and 18. Um, Cameron Champ, whenever I see that he's won, you know, is this a course that favours the bigger hitters? I mean, Max Homa has relied on excellent ball striking skills for his two wins here. And we know that off the tee is going to be vital, even more important with the course playing fast, with it being dry there. Um, But, you know, what about when you look at these massive hitters? Is that going to be an advantage for someone like Cameron Champ, who's playing again this week?
0: If you can keep it in, in play, I think when Cameron Champ won, I think he had a, a family crisis. So his grandfather or, or someone very close to him was was uh, ill, and he had a, an extra motivating factor there. But he, he hit it straight that week. So Cameron Champ is a bit of an anomaly to me. He, he seems to me like he has all the talent in the world, and we hardly see much of him up on the top of the board. I don't know whether it's his putting. Well, I could probably tell you if I look down there yeah. what's, what's up. Yeah, I mean, now it doesn't suit the longer hitter, Diane. It suits the player that's in play. I mean, your brother, uh, Russell Knox, who's a, right up there in the top 10, always in greens and reg, will be suited well for this course if we can get the ball in the fairway.
1: We hope so. Um, Max Homer is the favourite this week, at around about seven to one, seven and a half to one. Um, obviously, going for the three peat I'd picked him to win this tournament last year. He was 16 to one then even back as defending champion and remember we had that terrible collapse from Danny Willett who three putted from four feet on the 72nd hole to lose by one to Homa after Homa chipped in on 18 so it was a very dramatic end to the tournament Um, and as we said Max is going for that three-peat I'm not taking him up top this week only because It's a very obvious pick, and I'm trying to stay away from the obvious right now because, as we said, there's a lot of incentive out there. There's a lot of um, fruit on the tree for these guys to grab at, and everyone's going to have their own motivation to really go out there and do well right now. So I'm not taking Max. Um, Justin Thomas is playing this week as well. He is 14-1, to second favourite on the odds board. But let's get into our picks do you want me to go first or do you want to kick it off i want
0: you to go first
1: okay well my guy is he's 25 to 1 and um, i found him actually at 31 to 1 which was a, a very random number but my story around this guy is someone that i picked a lot towards the end of last season his game has really been training in the right direction over the last six months and he's number 56 in the fedex cup standing so he got into the first of the playoff events being the top 70 and he's been sitting at home really ever since then. So when you look at a lot of these guys, it's kind of hard, especially the ones that have had five weeks off to gauge where they're at. Because obviously, you know, they can they're working on a lot of things. They can make a lot of changes during this kind of mini off season, I guess. But this guy, even though. Being at 56, he's he's locked up for next year. He's playing for these signature, big money, elevated events. And Steven Yeager is going to be my outright favourite. I'm putting him right at the top this week. You know, as I said, he's just been playing so well. When you look at his stats this week in the field, he's fifth around the green. His worst stat is putting, but he's still 57th, which is a pretty respectable number. But he's had six top 20 finishes since May. He's gained just shy of three strokes off the tee in his last four starts. And, you know, we talk about that putting. When the putter's cooperating, that's when he's getting these excellent results. And when you look at his last five starts, he's had positive strokes gained in four of them. So... The putting is obviously, you know, we talk about these guys are the ones that know their weak areas better than anyone else. And I'm thinking that with those extra four weeks off at home, that's what he's going to be working on, isn't it? So I'm taking Steven Yeager, 25 to one. And as I said, I find him a little bit higher than that yesterday, but he is going to be my outright favorite this week.
0: I like what you're looking at there with the strokes game moving that direction so long as the five weeks off didn't, you know, do anything to that. And that's tough to handicap this week because we have no form to go off. Um, I'm taking someone that I know has some form because I saw him play the other day, and that's Sahith Fagala. Uh, saying that Sahith is pretty much due to win a tournament. He finished 31st on the FedEx Cup. Missed out on, I uh, talked to him on the driving range the other day here at Champions, where he's a member. And uh, so that was a $500,000 miss out. I told him it wasn't his money. It was only his money if he was 30th. So he didn't really miss out on anything. So that made him better when I explained to him that he didn't actually have the 500. So, oh. uh, But the reason I'm picking him, I just think he's he's going to win. Diane, he's one of these guys that power player, putts well. All of his stats says you know, he's on the right track and Mm. played at uh, Pepperdine University on the bumpiest Powanna knows how to putt on the greens. And that's really the reason that I'm picking him this week.
1: Well, as you say, Cali guy, he's played this tournament three times. He's made the cut all three and finished sixth last year. So Sahitha Gala, we've been, we've been big fans of him for such a long time. And now he's a member of your club. Of course, we're supporting him even more, but that we've all been saying it. And I'm not just talking about us. I'm talking about pretty much the entire golf handicapping world. It's like, when is this win coming for the gala? Get
0: on that train. I'm on it.
1: Yeah. And being at number 31, like that's the motivation this week is that he's going back to a course that he's played really well at before. And he wants that win. So the gala, what was that? 16 to one for him this week? Uh Yeah. 18 to 1, a little bit better.
0: 18 to 1, yeah.
1: I like it. Okay, then. So you're taking Sahitha Gala up top, and I'm going with Steven Yeager. Right, moving on to our ones to watch. So, guys with slightly higher odds. My guy is definitely slightly higher, <laughs> but I think my outright favourite is pretty good this week. Um, so, Yingo first, who are you taking at okay. your middle uh, pick?
0: I'm going on a little inside information here. I've been watching this player. <laughs> for quite a while, born in Texas, lives in Kansas City, uh, got nice stats. Let's see where he is overall uh, in the standings, uh, 65th, so he's looking pretty good. If he has a good week or a couple of good weeks here, he's going to be in all those elevated events. I think he's living okay. up in Kansas City now, but I'm talking about Sam Stevens, who's another player that's, we're mentioning him here, probably to a lot of people for the first time. But I've been looking at his swing, Diane, and who he's working with. I'm not giving you any more information other than watch out for Sam Stevens.
1: Okay, okay, cool. I like it. Um, that, that was a name that was definitely on my radar this week as well. So he's a good pick. I am um, taking a guy who is number 47 in the FedEx Cup standings, actually. Um, yeah, 47th. So again, you know, similar position to Steven Yeager in that he's chasing a place in the two signature events after the Century Tournament of Champions. But hey, if he wins this week, he gets in that too. Um, Because that's what he wants is a win. Good form of late for Brendan Todd, who is 35 to one this week. He plays well at this course. He finished ninth year last year, uh, 22nd the year before. Wedge play is always an important factor around here. Um, He's third around the green this season. And really good putting stats as well. You can see there that his worst stat is off the tee. And I know we said at the top of the show that ball striking and that off the tee stat is going to be pivotal this week. So it's obviously the part that he's going to have to um, make sure is dialed in. But Brendan Todd is an experienced player. He's a... You know, the accuracy is usually a big part of his game. And I think he's going to be feeling confident with some momentum heading into this week against a slightly weaker field, knowing that he's in a great position anyway. So I'm taking Brendan Todd as my one to watch at 35 to one.
0: It's a good pick. I like it.
1: OK, cool. <laughs> OK, and then we have our dark horses. I struggled this week. With the the long shot pick, now we say dark horses are hundred to one and over. My guy yesterday he was hundred and twenty five to one. Today he's hundred to one. So maybe I'm on the right lines with him, and some other people are jumping on that as well. Um, I
0: didn't. I, I didn't struggle. I'm picking the most informed player right now.
1: I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you a run for your money with that one. <laughs> okay. I, I'll go first because okay. uh, your guy's gonna be higher odds than mine. Um, as I said, 100 to 1, roundabout aim for Eric Van Rooyen. Okay? So, 131st in the FedEx Cup standings, which is not a good number. Remember, 125 is where he needs to be. And after his win on the PGA Tour, this is his last year of that win exemption. So, has to get in the 125 to lock up his full tour card for next season. But... This is one of the guys that has had, obviously, five weeks off after missing out on the playoffs. And, you know, when I'm looking at them, it's, it's tough to gauge where they're at physically with their game and mentally before they get a few rounds under their belt. So Eric van Rooyen did something very smart. He flew over and he played the DP World Tour for the last two weeks. He finished eighth at the European Masters and then 16th at the Irish Open. And looking at results just before that, the Barracuda Championship, which we know a similar part of the world to Napa this week, he finished sixth there in July. Now, it's only his second time playing this tournament, and he missed the cut in 2021. However, as I said, momentum, that flight over to um, Europe was worthwhile. He made some money. Got some confidence, and he's heading back knowing what he's got to do from here on in. So Eric Van a 100-1, to 1, he is going to be my dark horse this week.
0: I didn't know you were going with Van Royen, and I didn't know that story you told, and I'm buying into your story. Yes, good. good. He's <laughs> playing right at the right time. He's, what is he, 130th on the money?
1: 131st, yeah. yeah. So he, he has he to-
0: needs- Okay. I like motivated players and and you've got one here with him because he doesn't want to be off tour. yeah, uh, so yeah he's very motivated. I'm taking a guy that I probably is slightly better form, although he's probably not as good a player. I'm talking about an amateur, and Johnny Miller, who is so synonymous with this tournament, would appreciate this pick because he loves the amateurs. He's kind of like the old school guy.. <laughs> And this guy I know is hitting the ball the straightest of anyone out there right now. I'm talking about Preston Summerhays, who won the amateur event last week in Seattle at the famous Sahali Golf Club, which is, by the way, the most narrow golf course in the United States by a mile. So that tells <laughs> that if he's hit the ball that well and that straight, then he's going to be fine. The Summerhays family is synonymous with greatness in golf. They're all over the place. They're all great players. This kid's playing at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he. I think he's going to play well this week. Preston Summerhays, two hundred so to one.
1: He just won that tournament, and that got him into the Fortinet this week. Yes, that's cool. That's a good in story. Form. Okay, he's
0: in form, the, like the latest winner uh, in the tournament.
1: Okay, excellent. I like that pick a lot. And what is he, 200 to 1? 200 to 1, yep. Wow. I, I mean, for an amateur, those odds, odds are very low. <laughs> I thought we were going to be getting him like, you know, three 400 to 1. So,
0: and we're we'll talking about Preston Hayes years from now as a tour player. Uh-huh. So uh, it's yeah. just this beginning that we're hearing about Preston Summer Hayes.
1: Okay, so you've got Preston Summer Hayes at 200 to 1, and I'm taking Eric Van Royen at 100 to 1. Well, Here we are. It's the start of the FedEx fall on the PGA Tour. Seven events, as I said, but next week we have a week off and then it's the Ryder Cup and then things get going again. Um, And yeah, the 125 is the, I guess, the first motivation and the first goal. But then you've got these two signature events and guys that finish within the top 10 in this FedEx fall they're going to be getting into the signature elevated events as well, so we're going to be following a few different points at leaderboards over the next seven tournaments. But we'll keep explaining it, and it will all become clear.
0: <laughs> as they say out there, just get on that penguin rock, right? Get up on, get in yeah. the middle of rock.
1: Yeah, you know, you've told me that before, and I picture the little penguins. Um, when we're looking when it's round about that time of year when guys are trying to make sure that we're within that 125 so picture the Penguins you heard it here first on the Tour Report and our next show is going to be for the Ryder Cup Um, we'll be back here with you in two weeks but enjoy the Fortinet Championship this week
0: Sports Social Podcast Network